This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, as aquarium hobbyists, we love tweaking and modifying and changing stuff. And sometimes we do this on a big scale, like, you know, tearing down our aquarium or our our major aquascape or whatever, and just starting over. Other times it's about making smaller incremental changes to our tanks. Incremental steps are important in just about any aquarium. However, they're almost a given with the botanical method aquariums that we love and work with. Like any aquarium, it's a given that we won't reach the final version, if there is such a thing, of our botanical method aquariums for some time, if ever. I can't tell you how many times I've started out with one idea ended up and ended up with something quite different after a relatively brief period of time. To me, this is something that always happens. <laughs> it's best accomplished gradually, but it's something that always happens. It's a constant evolution of sorts that occurs in my aquariums, a series of slow, steady adjustments. A process which kind of keeps us in control of the situation and to a certain extent mimics what occurs in nature, right? Yeah, think about that for a second. In nature, things don't really ever reach an end, right? They just sort of keep changing. Now, these changes may occur over many years or decades or even eons, but it happens. Changes in climate and water flow, erosion and influx of materials into the aquatic environment, they all play a role in this change. So... When we set out and add a bunch of leaves and botanicals to our aquarium, doesn't this sort of mimic or parallel what happens in nature to a certain degree? Yeah, it sure does. I mean, sure, you could draw parallels between pretty much everything that we do with our aquariums and what happens in nature. However, I think that the botanical method aquarium lends itself particularly well to replicating some aspects of nature better than many other types of aquariums that we play with as fish geeks. I mean, The very process of adding and removing botanical materials to our aquariums is a near-perfect replication of what occurs in many environments in nature. Now, occasionally, you'll end up doing what I call addition by subtraction in a botanical method aquarium, like making a serious edit, removing stuff or whatever, to move forward. This happens to me all the time. I do this a lot. I'll start out with these lofty plans. I'll select a bunch of botanicals and wood and whatever, and set up a nice aquarium, I'll run it in for a few weeks and realize that, for whatever reason, it just wasn't hitting on the points that I wanted. So I'd start removing stuff that I felt pulled the tank away from the original vision that I had for it. Now, a great example of this was a nano aquarium that I set up in my office a while back. I had this vision for this aquarium when I started to be the most sort of leaf-centric version of an Amazonian Igapo or Igarape that I've ever done. I was envisioning shallow water, tangled twigs, and a well-distributed layer of, you know, live oak leaves, or in this case, and a scattering of small botanicals. I was going to incorporate some wood to evoke that feeling of like a a root tangle uh, that was suddenly exposed to the inundation of water. And just like one species of fish, I was definitely going to use Paracaridon simulans, the green neon tetra. I was going to 
even throw in a cutting of a palm that I had that was rooted in water for a few months for that little extra touch. You know, I just couldn't couldn't resist. It was simple, easy to execute, and a fairly good representation of the habitat I was interested in, right? No, not really. Of course, it was a good start, and it even received a lot of encouragement and praise from our, you know, Instagram and Facebook followers, and not that those things are the ultimate metric of good, but, you know, it was cool. It was a little tank, but I found a lot of pleasure in it. But that was only for a while. (laughs) Something about it just wasn't right to me. You know that feeling, right? You get that feeling. I had to do some hard thinking about this. I looked at many of the pictures and videos that I had of this wild habitat from guys like Ty Streitman and Mike Tucanardi, David Sobri and others. And I thought about this little dream tank that I was thinking about for so long. It was just a layer of leaves and a scattering of small twigs, nothing else. And of course, you know what I did, right? Out came the wood, back to, you know, a vase of water went the little palm, out went small Carinia pods and all that stuff. So what I had was a tank that I had yearned for for years, shallow tinted water, a very thin layer of sand and a covering of leaves and maybe just a smattering of tiny oak twigs, nothing else. Now, I admit that I hated the efficient, but ugly Eheim Surfix sludge extractor or whatever it was called that I had for a while there, but it did work great. And I thought about pulling it in favor of just a well-placed ear stone for surface agitation or film removal, uh, or even no ear stone. The auto top-off sensor was there. You know, there's little, little aesthetic things that were driving me crazy. And the tank evaporated a lot and, you know, stuff like that. But as you know by now, I absolutely hate visible hardware in my aquarium. So... I told myself, the next time I do this on a large scale, I'll just use a reef-ready tank with integrated overflows and a sump, and yeah, okay. So yeah, just leaves and a handful of twigs and really tinted water. That was my goal. And I think we pulled it off. And I, and I thought, wow, I could do this on a, even a bigger scale. I'm so doing this tank. I could imagine what, you know, 200 you know, neons or cardinals over nothing but leaf litter in a larger aquarium would look like. People would be like, why? And then I'll be able to explain to share the details on the wild habitat which inspired it. I could never do that with a high concept, you know, diorama scape or something, which is as much in common with a natural aquatic habitat as a, you know, vase of cut flowers does. Okay, I'm getting nasty. I'm going to stop that. But really, I realized that what I did there was not everybody's aesthetic dream tank, definitely not the aquascaping world's vision of groundbreaking work, but it was exactly what I envisioned. Minimalistic on initial consideration and observation, but when you really take the time to examine it, this type of no-scape is a remarkable, dynamic, and engrossing aquarium, and functionally amazing. And during that months-long experiment, I ran this tank with no external food inputs, and the fish were as fat and happy as the day they were added. And I had two spawning events. I've talked about this tank before. Yeah, leaf litter, biofilm, and microorganisms do wonders, don't they? It's something that proved to be oddly compelling to me. I can imagine it on a larger scale. I think it could be mind-blowing if it was executed well. The, the point is this tank, which we've shared many times before, was an example of one of those little edits of addition by subtraction. If you ask me, it was exactly what I envisioned, but it started out as something completely different. The scape ended up being exactly what I wanted simply by taking things out. So what's the simple message here in this little brief uh, foray into, into my mind? Edits are okay. Don't be afraid to edit your tank from time to time. It's just part of the evolution of your aquarium, even if it means that you're taking out a lot of what might have been safe and more openly accepted by others, even if it means taking 
a little detour and making what seems like a radical change to get where you want to go. Yeah, less can actually be more. Really. Editing is important. Stay creative, stay focused, stay bold, stay fascinated, stay diligent, stay relentless, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.